Real Presence Live. That which is beautiful will manifest itself in truth and in goodness. Local. The challenges that we're facing in our generation, we just need the gospel. I mean, every every culture, every generation just needs to know how the gospel applies. Engaging. We don't bring any life at all to the church. The church is, is the life. It gives us the life. Live. The reality is, He is all things beautiful, capital B. And so anything that is authentically beautiful draws us, even if we don't realize it, to God. Good morning. Welcome to Real Presence Radio Live. My name is Jacques <laughs> Daniel. I'm the Director of Communications and Assistant Director of Faith Formation here for the Diocese of Rapid City, in the Diocese of Rapid City, in the Chancery Building, with two amazing co-hosts this morning. Good morning, Jack. This is uh, Father Brian Christensen. I join you this morning, also here at the Chancery of the Diocese of Rapid City. I'm the pastor of the Cathedral of Our Lady Perpetual Help, and also the pastor of St. Michael's in Hermosa, South Dakota. That's probably central on everybody's uh, a map of having checked off their visit to Hermosa, South Dakota. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, I'm Sister Sarah, and I'm the Director of Faith Formation and Pastoral Ministries here in the Diocese. Good morning, we have a full show. We, we got a full show today. Some amazing guests, and uh, we all have coffee. Everyone is, everyone is juiced up and ready to go for what the Lord wants to do this morning. Yeah, no, I'm excited uh, about uh, our show today. Uh, over the, this weekend, great uh, celebrations for Pentecost. Pentecost Vigil at the Cathedral, and then Pentecost Masses yesterday, and graduations here in Rapid City, both at our public schools and our uh, Catholic schools, St. Thomas More High School, so a real beautiful celebration. Um, yesterday during Memorial Day, which is also Mary, uh, mother, mother of the of church. Mother of the church. Mother of the church. Yeah. I right? got confused with Father Matthew's well, parish. Well, she is Mother of or God. Deacon Matthew's parish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so I, uh, um, I took the day after Mass. I went and um, purchased some hanging plants. Mm. I've never purchased hanging plants in my entire life, so I went down uh, to look at them, and I picked up these two beautiful hanging plants because I had these trellises, you know, outside my... Um, room, so I thought I'm going to decorate them this year. So I hung them up, mm -hmm. and I came back a couple hours later, <laughs> and there was hail in them, and the destroyed. hail had destroyed them all. I had all <laughs> power petals <laughs> <laughs> all over the patio. Welcome to South Dakota. Yeah, I know, but I just thought, wow, <laughs> I've never spent money on <laughs> hanging plants before, and, and then the hail. they lasted, I maybe looked at them for 20 minutes, and then I went about my <laughs> daily business, and next time I came back. They were gone. <laughs> so yeah, yeah there I you think go. people shoveled hail off their decks yesterday. For sure, no, it was piled up like uh, like a snow yesterday here in downtown mm -hmm. Rapid City. So, but anyway, we avoided the hail. You avoided the hail. We were in Custer. Ah, no hail in Custer. At the state park, there was no hail in Custer. All right. Were there All buffaloes? Right. Uh, there probably were, but we didn't see them. You didn't see any buffaloes. We saw some antelope, though. They were hiding from the hail. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, sister, who do we have uh, lined up for our first guest today? We've got Deacon Matthew Newsom from South Carolina. Good morning, Deacon. Good morning. I'm actually in North Carolina. So. North Carolina. Oh, my gosh. I'm 0 for 2 this morning so far. <laughs> it's, it's all right. You're forgiven. You are forgiven. <laughs> You know, we normally get harassed about, uh, when I talk to people outside of South Dakota, they usually say North Dakota. And so, there we you go. Underst we, understand we understand the confusion understand between North and North, South. North, South, East, West. North, South, East, down. West, you know. <laughs> so, Deacon, recently you wrote a new book. 
about St. Francis de Sales, Introduction to the Devout Life. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my book is called The Devout Life, and the, the subtitle, I think, tells it all. It's a modern guide to practical holiness with St. Francis de Sales. So uh, the book's not so much about St. Francis. It's not a biography of, of his, but it's a representation of his you know, absolute masterpiece, the introduction to the devout life, but it's written for a modern audience, and it's written in the context of the 21st century and in today's church. Great. What inspired that? I mean, obviously, you probably have a love for the St. Francis de Sales introduction to a, to a devout life, so what kind of inspired you to make this book, or write this book? Well, it was, uh, I'll tell you what it was, it was reading his introduction to the devout life. Um, I, I read it together with my wife. We like to do uh, an evening devotional. We are, our habit for many years is after we took the kids into bed at night and the house is quiet, we'll do evening prayer together. And then we like to do a little, a little evening devotional. We'll read something and then discuss it. And so I had been attending a, a catechetical conference, and one of the speakers at the conference um, was speaking very highly of the introduction to the devout life, and that had always been kind of, you know, I think like a lot of Catholics, I keep a long list of spiritual classic books to read one day, you know, and so that was on my list, and I thought, well, that's, let's move that to the top of the list, you know. So when my wife and I were looking for another devotional to, to read, I said, well, let's check out an introduction to the devout life. Uh, and it's, it's written in a really great format for devotional reading because it's, it's a series of really short little chapters. St. Francis wrote this uh, as a series of letters to his spiritual directees, advising them. So the chapter is only a few pages long. And I would read the chapter out loud, and then my wife and I would discuss it. And usually the discussion went, you know, I would read it, and my wife would look at me, and she would say, "Okay, tell me what he just said." <laughs> and and no, this is not meant as a slight to my wife at all. She's brilliant, and you know, much more avid reader than than I am. But you know, my my professional work for the past fifteen years has been in helping you know Catholic young adults appropriate the faith. And I work not only in college campus ministry, but I work in RCIA ministry. I work for our diocesan office of uh, faith formation here in the Diocese of Charlotte. And so, you know, it's kind of my thing, helping people to appropriate the faith. And so St. Francis is writing in the early 17th century. He's writing to an agrarian population. He's making all kinds of references to to beekeepers and agriculture and, and all of this. And so I found myself kind of translating what he was saying into a modern context. And we get about halfway through the book, and my wife says, you know, you should write a book. And I laugh. And she looks at me and she says, no, I'm dead serious. You should write a book. I think this would be really helpful to a lot of people. And uh, so, you know, with the intercession of St. Francis and, and him as my patron, I sat down to, to do this. And, and that's really what I've, what I've tried to do. This is, this is the introduction to the devout life. This is St. Francis's wisdom. This is not Deacon Matt's wisdom. God help you if you seek after Deacon Matt's wisdom. This is St. Francis's wisdom, his path towards holiness and devotion, but represented, as I said, for, for a modern audience. Um, you know, we've, we have the Second Vatican Council. We have the teaching of St. John Paul II, and we have you know, 400 years of saints and, and their lived experience. We have the Catechism of the Catholic Church. We have so much 
that is, you know, here at our disposal that, you know, it really flows quite well with what St. Francis is saying. And so I incorporated all of that, but, but following the path that he has laid out. Yeah, no, Deacon, uh, Matt, this is Father Brian Christensen, and that's just uh, fascinating just how, you know, the Holy Spirit moves in your life. I, I do want to just kind of backtrack a little bit, you know, like St. Francis de Sales, as um, you said, 400 years ago, you know, he's buried in 1623 or whatever, uh, so it's mm-hmm. been 400 years since his, and like, how can this saint be applicable to our modern life? Like, what was going on in his time? What was he addressing that might be applicable to us today. Yeah, absolutely. He was Bishop of Geneva, um, and he lived really in the aftermath of that, that first big wave of the Protestant Reformation. And if you know anything about Geneva, I mean, that was a hotbed of Calvinism. And so he was trying to help his flock hang on to their Catholic faith in the midst of all of that turmoil that, that's going around. And so what a lot of people know about St. Francis, if they only know one thing, is it's his reputation for being a great preacher and a great defender of the faith. And uh, not only a great preacher, but he was a great writer and a prolific writer. I think he's the patron saint of Catholic journalists and, and writers, uh, because he would find that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily come out to hear him preach. But those are the precise people that he wanted to reach. And so he would begin to write these tracts explaining the Catholic doctrine that he would then distribute you know, all over his diocese to to the faithful. Uh, so he was a great defender of the Catholic faith, you know, number one. Uh, and he had a real way of explaining the truths of the faith um, to people in language that they would understand. Um, the other thing that he's, he's known for is his introduction to the devout life. And what makes this such a seminal work is his premise, um, which you see revisited in the Second Vatican Council, but his premise that holiness is for everyone. It is not the special purview of the professional religious. It's not something just for, for the clergy or just for monks and nuns, you know, cloistered in their monasteries, that, that every single person from the nobleman in his castle down to the peasant working the farm is called to be holy, and true devotion is available to them. And so he wrote his introduction to the devout life with that in mind, and, and that's what I think makes it perennially popular and relevant to us today, because we need to hear that same message, don't we, right? We need to hear that devotion and holiness is for everyone. You don't have to be a member of the clergy. You don't have to join a monastery. That The mom and dad raising their kids at home, the teacher in the classroom, the, um, you know, the, the guy working on the you know, showroom floor and the car dealership, you know, all of these people, every single one of us, is called to a life of holiness, and it's possible. Yeah, no, that's really beautiful, and I can see that that message is certainly what the Second Vatican Council called, you know, to the universal call to holiness. I'm just wondering, what affected um, St. Francis de Sales' work and um, ministry have in his time? And I have to ask, too, if you're aware, like, it seems like that call, universal call to holiness faded out, that we had to have a new call to holiness here in the 20th century, in the 21st century. Yeah, it kind of did. I mean, I'm not enough of a historian that I, I think I have a real uh, super-educated opinion on that. But one certainly does continue to encounter that that attitude, that 
you know, the the professional religious class, we'll, we'll just call them, right? The members of the clergy, the members of religious orders. That's It's their job to be holy for the rest of us. And it's enough for, you know, the layman to... If I go to Mass on Sunday, if I, you know, bless my, my meals before I eat, if I think about God every now and then, you know, that's enough. I'm not really expected to do more. I'm too busy in my life. Um, and St. Francis' response to that was just absolutely beautiful. You know, he says true devotion is not something that is going to take you away from your daily duties, uh, you know, your daily responsibilities, but it'll, it'll actually make them sweeter. It'll make them easier to bear. It'll make them more fruitful. That the way that, you know, the soldier is called to practice devotion, it's not the same way that a bishop is called to practice devotion, or uh, a mother is called to practice devotion, or a school teacher is called to practice devotion. But in everyone's state in life, regardless of where God is calling you, you can be a devoted Christian, and you should be a devoted Christian, in that state of life, and it actually makes your state of life easier and more pleasant. Um, you know, we certainly do need to hear that today, because there's this sense that, that you know, devotion is something that is limited to those who have the time, who have devoted their lives to the Church. And, and God bless those people who have, right? They are called to, to live devotion in a certain way. I'm, you know, I'm a deacon in the Church, but I'm also a husband and a father of seven. If I try to live my life like a monk in a Benedictine monastery, I'm I'm going to be neglecting my duties that God is calling me towards, right? So I'm not called to live a life of devotion in that way, but there is a way that God is calling me to live a life of devotion in my family life. And so that's a message that we always need to hear, that regardless of your state in life, you can be a devout Christian, and there's a practical way to do it. All right. No, that's fantastic. Uh, we're coming up on a break here in just a moment, but uh, before we get there, um, can you just kind of highlight, uh, you know, one of the aspects uh, of the book that you wrote? Like, what's one of the main themes that we'll come back after the break and, and tackle? Sure, sure. And there's there's really kind of five main themes that, that run through the book. It's divided into five sections. Um, and I, I like to map them on to Jesus' parable of the sower and the seeds, you know. So if people aren't familiar with that parable, the sower scatters the seeds and it, and it lands on various different types of soil, right? Rocky ground, it falls among the thorns, and and but some of it falls on fertile ground, and that's the seed that bears fruit. So really what this book is all about is helping us to make our hearts fertile ground so that when God plants his seed of grace in us, it can bear fruit in our lives. Deacon Matthew, thank you for joining us. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back from the break, we're going to hear more about Introduction to the Devout Life. Thank you guys for joining us on Real Presence Radio Live. Catch you after the break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Did you know you can listen to the RPR Network when you're on the go? Just search for Real Presence Radio in your app store. Listen live to any station across the network at any time, so you can stay connected to your local community from wherever you are. Plus, if you miss a program, the Real Presence Radio app is your one-stop shop for local and national podcasts, including our signature show, Real Presence Live. The Real Presence Radio app, with you every step of your faith journey. Download it today and see what you've been missing. 
Hi, this is Dr. Ryan Sappo from Lumen Vision in Fargo. Lumen Vision offers vision therapy services for children and adults. Symptoms of poor reading comprehension, headaches, tired eyes, and poor coordination can be indicators of eye movement conditions which affect reading and learning. Eye movement disorders are often undetected by school vision screenings and regular eye exams. For more information about how vision therapy can help treat these conditions, our website is www.lumen.vision. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. Some say that our age of relativism, the belief that there are no absolute truths, began when the philosophers of the Enlightenment divorced reason from reality. Indeed, David Hume wrote that reason exists only to serve our own agendas. Contrast this with great thinkers like Thomas Aquinas and St. Augustine of Hippo, who each taught that reason is at the service of reality. And because of this, the human reason can reason their way to truth. In John Paul's famous encyclical Fides et Ratio, he writes, Faith and reason are like two wings on which the human spirit rises to the contemplation of truth. Millennia of Christians have held that faith without reason is brainwash, and reason without faith is blind. So today, when you're thinking through an issue, ask yourself, is my reason serving reality, or am I twisting reality to serve myself? Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace. Power. Purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Good morning. Welcome back to Real Presence Radio Live. I'm Jacques Daniel here with Father Brian Christensen and Sister Sarah Kowal here in the Chancery offices enjoying some uh, coffee and uh, early morning chatting with uh, Deacon Matthew Newsom, who is uh, in South Carolina. Is that right? No! Oh, Oh, strike two. Wow. You keep wanting to put me in South Carolina. I'm going to be upset. I know. know. It's the better Dakota. It's like, like, uh, like, yeah. Oh, Sorry for all our our PR North Dakota friends. We're in South Dakota, you know, so we we get confused. We love North Dakota. We love South Dakota. We love all the Carolinas, (laughs) East and West. (laughs) We've been chatting this morning about uh, St. Francis de Sales and his inspirational book, Introduction to the Devout Life. Anyone who's read it knows that, as you were discussing, uh, it's kind of, you know, things have changed. It's certainly an introduction, but it is, uh, it's deep. There's some beautiful themes. There's some amazing uh, concepts and, and uh, things that he introduces uh, his, the person he's writing to. Who does he write to? Philothea, right? Yeah. All right, Philothea. I don't know. Yeah, Philothea is is kind of a mm-hmm. pseudonym. It, it means you know the, a, the lover of God, of one who loves yeah. God. His um, his original um, uh, a directee that you know this was kind of inspired by was the wife of an ambassador who was a cousin of his that he was writing to to give spiritual direction. But Philothea was kind of just a way of universalizing. So mm-hmm. you and I can be his directees. Anyone who can be you know, which is a great thing to mention if someone's looking for spiritual direction and you're having a hard time finding one you know go to the saints saint francis can be your spiritual director yeah no for sure um you know yeah yeah you can do deacon Deacon matt you you know you've been using the word devout and devotion um i think in the modern mind and our my contemporary mind i have a particular idea what Hmm. what what being devout is and what being devoted is um i think there's a 
I mean, for me, it seems like we also linked it to universal holiness. Can you kind of translate the way that St. Francis de Sales uses the devout life and the way that we might talk about it today? Yeah, and what is devotion? I mean, that's, that's a really great place to begin. I mean, devotion is nothing short of the love of God, you know, and, you know, if we, if we just say it that way simply, oh, it's the love of God, I love God, I must be devout, you know, there's not much more to it than that. But if you really understand what what true love of God is and what that, you know, what love demands of us. Um, devotion can be, you know, a, a little bit intimidating. Um, it, and, I'll, and I'll give you an, an example. Like, we can, um, if you think about different ways, and I use this example in, in my book, if you think about different ways that uh, a husband might describe his relationship with his wife, right? Like, I could say, I'm faithful to my wife, or I'm committed to my wife, or... I'm devoted to my wife. And if you think about what those different words mean, I mean, they're all good. I mean, I am faithful to my wife. I am committed to my wife, you know. But you could be faithful, but still be cold, you know. Um, You can be very committed to them, but still be a, a, a little, you know, distant. But to be devoted to your spouse, you know, really means being in love with them. It means considering their good above everything else. It it means, you know, seeking their their benefit, wanting to know them more, wanting to spend time with them, and not doing so out of a sense of obligation, but out of a sense of real just love and fascination with who they are as a person. And, And that should be characteristic of our relationship with God, and that should be something that we want to foster in our relationship with God. You know, I I don't want to just say my daily prayers and, you know, and and do acts of mercy and charity because, you know, I don't want to go to hell or because I feel obligated to do this. My pastor says I should, you know. I, I should be approaching these things as ways that I can come to know better the God who made me and the, and the Christ who redeemed me. And isn't it wonderful that we get to be invited into this relationship with God? And, you know, and we can be cold toward God. And devotion is more, I don't want to make it sound like devotion is just a feeling that we can drum up, because, you know, you can't really drum up feelings, but it is something that we can practice. You can, if you... If you may be listening to to this interview right now and you're thinking, well, I wish I felt that way about God, but I don't, the wanting to feel that way about God is a beautiful place to start. And the practice of devotion, the practical things that St. Francis talks about, can help flame the the, the fires of, of love and affection in your heart for God to keep that kindled. So that's what we mean when we're talking about devotion. It means living out the Christian life, living out that life of discipleship intentionally for the love of God, not for any other reason. And that's very on par, Deacon, with St. Francis' other really great work that he's so well known for, which is the treatise on the love of God. Um, and just mm-hmm. speaking about that primacy, ultimately, of love, that it's not about going through the motions, holiness, it's ultimately centered on love. So, Yeah, Deacon, um, I just wonder if you could come back to those uh, five themes that you lay out in your, your book, uh, The Development. Yeah, absolutely. I mentioned before the break um, the, the parable of the sower and the seed, and, and this, to my knowledge, is not a parable that St. Francis himself uses um, when he structures his introduction to the devout life, but 
it just occurred to me is very fitting. You know, as I mentioned in that parable, what makes the difference is the type of soil that the seed falls upon. You know, if it falls upon the path, it, it can't take root. If it falls upon rocky ground, the roots are shallow. Um, some gets choked out among the, you know, weeds and thorns. But we want God's seed to fall on fertile soil. And the soil is our heart. So how do we ensure that our hearts are, you know, fertile soil for God's grace? And we address that in five different sections in in this book. The first section is really all about preparing that soil, right? Tilling up the soil. If you've ever planted a garden, you know you've got to break out that soil to make it soft. Uh, you've got to pull out any rocks, any any obstacles, you know, to growth in there. And so this first section is all about that interior gaze about looking inward, taking stock of your life and, and where you are in relationship to to God, and and really just doing that self examination. And there's some beautiful guided meditations that Saint Francis provides to to lead us through. It, it's like an extensive examination of conscience, and that's all. That's all in preparation for making a, a, a general or devotional confession uh, to, to really, as I said, break open your heart and, and make it hungry and ready for God's seed. The, the second part of the book is the planting of the seed. How do we receive God's grace in our life? And that's all about prayer and, and reception of the sacraments. Um, and, and this is where I think that the practical nature of, of how St. Francis approaches devotion really shines forth, because as Christians, we all know that we're supposed to pray. But, but I think sometimes as a church, we, we could do better teaching people how to pray, the actual mechanics of prayer. And St. Francis outlines a beautiful method of Christian meditation uh, when he talks about prayer. And so that's kind of the meat of that section there is prayer and participation in the, in the sacraments. Uh, the third part is on growing in virtue. You know, once God's grace has been planted in your life, you expect that to grow and fruit to come from it. And the fruit that we see is virtuous living. And so this is actually the longest part of the book, and St. Francis addresses specific virtues that we need, like patience and humility and obedience and chastity. And he talks about how do we practice these, these virtues in different stations of life, in the different contexts of our life. Uh, the fourth section, then, is about weeding out all of the obstacles that can grow up to our devotion, namely temptation. How do we deal with temptations when they arise? And then that final part of the book is on renewing the soil. You know, after every harvest, you've got to go back, you've got to fertilize the soil, you've got to make sure that it's nourished and ready for that next planting. And so in this final little concluding section, we talk about making an annual retreat, about renewing our devotion to God every year and not resting on our laurels. Yeah, no, that's, thank you for that. That's really a great summary of so much of uh, St. Francis's uh, thoughts and wisdom that he shares with us. I'm just curious for yourself, like as you look back on the work, you know, you kind of were inspired uh, by God and, of course, your wife. Of course. speaks for God often. Um, <laughs> and uh, to write this book. But when you look back on the work, what, what, really, what really touches you or what, what seems to be the most inspiring to you part of your your work that you did like what like this is this is a this is a treasure this is a this is a gem here what would you say for our listeners 
you know, for me personally, one of the things that has, um, uh, well, I'll, I'll say two things that has really touched my life is, number one, my approach to, to prayer. Um, because, you know, I, I, I'm a convert to the Catholic faith. I was raised growing up in a non-Christian household, so I never, I never learned prayer by example. You know, I didn't see my parents pray growing up. I didn't have friends who, who prayed. It wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I came into the Catholic Church and, you know, and I saw people praying, and people talk about how to pray, but uh, I feel what was missing in my life was just the practical, okay, here's how you do it, right? Here's an actual method of prayer, and St. Francis provides that. And so, you know, even in my life as a deacon, um, that added tremendously to my prayer life, his practical method of Christian meditation. The second great thing is just his focus on virtue as something that we have to be intentional about growing in. St. Francis himself, he was known as a man of great gentleness and patience, but if you read in his own writings uh, about himself, uh, he apparently had a real hot temper, but he was able to foster that, devo- that, that virtue of gentleness with intentionality, and so that, that confidence that we don't have to resign ourselves to, well, this is how I am, right? This is just my temperament, but we can actually foster these virtues in our life to become the, the holy and loving people that God has called us to be. Deacon Matthew, thank you. And so your uh, book, The Devout Life, is it available now? Where, where do we get it? When is it available? <laughs> what do we you need can to order it from the Sophia Institute Press. It is available for pre-order. It will be uh, released on June 20th, so in slightly less than a month from now. That's good. That gives us a little bit of time to uh, to to. <laughs> we were laughing. Pre-order your day. copy today. Yeah, pre-order my copy, and then we can. I can talk to my wife about ordering another book. Yeah, that'll yeah. stay half read on the coffee table. No, I'm excited. I just uh, I'm excited to read your book. It makes great your... morning devotional reading with your coffee. There you Beautiful. Go. Deacon Matthew, thank you for joining us. Uh, And for those of our listeners who are uh, tempted to change the dial, do not. We have some amazing guests coming uh, after the break. Teresa uh, Tamio is going to be chatting with us about the visitation, the Feast of the Visitation, which is happening tomorrow. So don't miss. Come back and join us. Deacon Matthew, thank you again. Thank you so much for having me. We'll catch you guys on the other side of the break. On the flippity flip. On the flippity flip. Thank you for joining Live, Real Presence Live. Engaging and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.